Welcome to Book Bumble, the podcast for people who love to read. In each episode, we'll introduce a stack of books that are tied together with a common connection to help take a deeper dive into each story. We provide a space to talk books that is friendly and deep with a little hint of geek. I'm Laura Pleasance. And I'm Leslie Hopping. And we are two friends who love spending time with our families, visiting libraries, and reading great books. We are so happy you joined us. Let's get started. Hi, Leslie. Hi, Laura. Welcome, everyone. This is episode 28. Today, our stack of books is tied together with a common theme of being a sophomore novel. This just means that it's the author's second book that they've written. It could be part of a series or a standalone. Oftentimes, if people love the debut, the second novel is very highly anticipated. And we thought, how better to follow up our episode on debuts than one with sophomore novels? Yeah, and I I think we at least put a lot of expectations on the second book if we loved the first one. We just kind of expect it's going to be as good or better. We've kind of talked about this along the way. If I haven't read the author before and I start with a book they wrote later, I don't really have those expectations. Yeah. So it's an interesting, sorry, people, that I love your books, your first book, but I have a higher <laughs> expectation for yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's get started talking about some of these books. What book do you want to start with? I want to share The London Seance Society by Sarah Penner. This came out in March of this year and follows her very successful first novel, The Lost Apothecary. I loved that one. It was so good. So good. And so, I mean, this was one that I was really, we both were really anticipating. Mm -hmm. So here's the starting point. 1873 Paris, we meet Vaudeline Dallaire and Lena Wicks. Vaudeline is an acclaimed spiritualist that is known for conjuring the spirit's of those recently murdered in the place of their demise to find out what really happened and bring justice for the dead and their loved ones. She recently fled London under some mysterious circumstances and is now providing her services in her beloved Paris. Lena comes to Paris to try to take hold of her life. Her sister, Evie, has recently been killed And not knowing if she believes in spirits and the beyond, Lena asks to take up her sister's place and train under Vaudeline Mm. to also become a spiritualist. Vaudeline is called back to London at high risk to her own life to solve the murder of a close friend. And Lena accompanies her to not only help with this high profile case, but to find justice for her sister Evie. But the cases are much more tangled together than either had anticipated. Mm. I don't want to give too much away because this book has a lot of mystery to it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I want you to kind of, you know, unwrap that as you're reading. So this book, like The Lost Apothecary, is really lyrically written with a wonderful sense of place. The very Victorian flair was really well researched and didn't feel forced at all. You could tell that Sarah Penner really thought out this book and its setting. In the back, and you will love this when you get to read it, she even includes some great information in her author's notes, a section on Victorian mourning customs, funeral recipes of the time, and even a recipe for a three-layer trick candle. Oh, that you would use in a seance? That you'd use in a seance to try to trick people that you were a good spiritualist. Oh, 
Mm. I know. Okay. <laughs> I was so in the mood by the end that I wanted to make everything I saw, including the trick candles, to do a seance of my own. <laughs> now, were the funeral recipes recipes of food that people would bring to share with the family? No. Or di- something different? Something that people would have at the wakes. Okay. The Victorian wakes were often a couple days long, two or three okay. days long. And their food that were provided and a drink that was provided. Oh, did any of them sound good? Yeah, Tasty? they sounded interesting. Okay. I mean, not like knock your socks off okay. kind of, but probably wasn't the the setting for the knock your socks yeah, off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah. but it, it was just really interesting. She even talked about, you know, the kinds of clothes people wore, how long they would be in mourning for, mm. how they would tie black ribbon on the front of their door like their door knocker okay and horses bringing carriages would stop at those houses they'd know that the black ribbon meant meant you were probably stopping to pay respects okay interesting really interesting and we just geek out on all that i love that yeah um so, and I'm just so you know, I'm not really going to do a seance, but I mean, oh, that's okay. how, <laughs> that's how good, good. not right now. That's was how it good co- her setting was. You were just entranced. Was in that Victorian. part sort of creepy? Because um, I'm scared of a seance. Um, there was one seance that was a little creepy because she does it where the person was murdered. Okay. Oh, gosh. And okay. it does go through, which is completely made up, the author, Sarah Penner, um, said that she totally made up. There's like a progression of seven steps for a seance, mm-hmm. and it shows it in the beginning, mm-hmm. so that you can kind of follow along with some of the vocabulary that's used in okay. the lingo. And um, Vaudeline goes through this to like bring spirits in. Then she expels all the ones that she mm-hmm. doesn't want, and then she entrances herself with the person that she wants to connect with okay so that she can tell the family who killed them oh gosh okay all right so there's a I little mean, bit I, of a I factor, but it's not too bad you could even you could yeah. even kind of breeze through a little bit yeah well it doesn't mm-hmm. sound scary no i haven't read this but i and I'm on the wait list at the mm-hmm. library so it's going to come in and i'm excited to read it but in real life i would never go to a seance Ever. So never try to trick me. <laughs> never invite me to your house hey, and you say we're going to make candles, but really it's a three-way trick candle. No. Well, they layer it with the scent of the person oh. that died, so okay. you think that they were near. Okay. I'm but it was excited a trick to read it. Because there were some people that would just get mm-hmm. people to pay them to trick them and act right. like. And then there was Vaudeline, who was legitimate. She was a real seancer. Yeah. Okay. So I really also in this book liked um, the fact that in her first book, she had a knack in Lost Apothecary. Sarah Penner had a knack for creating this wonderful female relationship Mm -hmm. within the story. Um, And like I said, the Lost Apothecary, it was between the apothecary and this very feisty 12-year-old girl. Right. um, Where each person in that relationship grew because of the other. And in this book, we also have the developing relationship between Vaudeline and Lena. They bring the yin and yang aspect that's needed in a really balanced relationship. And one is meant to be the teacher, kind of in The Last Apothecary too. the apothecary, mm-hmm. the older woman, 
but they each are learning from one another. Um, Sarah Penner, I just, I don't know this, but I feel like she must have had some great female relationships in her life because that seems to be a focus for both of her yeah, books. Yeah, I like that. Um, she also really showcased the different classes within the Victorian time and how they affected one another or influenced one another. There are actually still some gentlemen's clubs that don't allow women in to this day. Hmm. And in this particular book, the London Seance Society is an actual society in the book, and they don't even let women in the door. Wow. Okay. Um, it's just a gentleman's club. Uh, and there are people taking advantage of mourners to better themselves. There were a lot of social issues that were sprinkled in. And these didn't jump out and take over the story at all, but it made the story more realistic, a little deeper. Um, it wasn't just a little mystery. Okay. There was more to it. And there's murder, creepy seances, but not too creepy. Okay. <laughs> Intrigue, <laughs> spies, and great characters. And like I said, a fantastic sense of place. I had super high hopes for this book after the success of her debut. And Sarah Penner did not disappoint me as a reader. It was different from the first, but really captured my attention and my heart as she took me along with her on the journey of Lena to find justice for her sister Evie and to find out in the end more about herself and what she wanted. And that was The London Seance Society by Sarah Penner. Okay, I'm anticipating getting this. It doesn't look like real soon, but sometime um, in the future. And, and I like that. I really liked really her first book, yeah. and from your description of and the second, I think it's going to be great. You're a sucker for a great cover. Yes. And her first book had a great cover, and, and this, this one, one does, too. Yeah. So I love enjoy that. it. Okay. So I want to share a great sophomore novel. It's titled Dust Child, and it's written by Wen Fon Kuei Mai. It came out in March. This is the second novel by this author, the first being the wonderful... The Mountains Sing. And I also had really high hopes for this mm-hmm. sophomore novel because of how much I loved the first novel. And it does not disappoint. So mm, here's the great. starting point. In a nutshell, Dan, a Vietnam vet, and his wife Linda visit Vietnam years after Dan served in the war in an effort to heal his severe PTSD and to help make amends. But Dan has been keeping a life-altering secret from Linda that resurfaces during their trip. Meanwhile, Fong, the adult son of a black American soldier and a Vietnamese woman, is searching for his parents both as a way to heal his own trauma of being mistreated as an Amerasian person and as a way to make a better life for his wife and children. So the story moves between those two stories set in 2016 to that of two sisters, Trong and Quinn, in 1969, who leave their family's rice farm on the Mekong Delta for work as quote-unquote Saigon Tea Girls. Mm. And they serve and entertain American soldiers in the huge city of Saigon. Everything is foreign to them as they're thrust into work and experiences they never expected or wanted. 
These stories begin to twine and weave together as past and present secrets and choices collide. Mm. It's really good. So this is a very emotional novel. Mm -hmm. And I was very affected by the secrets that the characters kept for a lifetime. The burden of those was well drawn by the author. And I really felt for the sisters. Mm -hmm. I felt for Dan and Linda. And I really felt for Fong. It's a moving novel. It, I thought it was going to come together in a way that it didn't. Hmm. So at the beginning, I had it like, ooh, I know how these characters are going to be connected. Right. Even while you were saying it, I was kind of thinking, mm-hmm. uh-huh. oh, I bet or what. Right. But, but it didn't come together okay. in that way. And I loved that yeah. I didn't figure that out mm-hmm. perfectly. That yeah. was a, a little treat. The author's notes in this book are really important to read. And in them, she explains that this book is inspired by her PhD research Hmm. and that she fictionalized many real-life interviews and people. So when you read it, make sure you read those author's notes. They're really, really fascinating. One of the major themes in this book was how loss can create space for beginning again. Not everything in this book is tied up in a neat package at the end. And I think that's one of the things that makes it feel very relevant. Mm -hmm. So not every beginning is a happily ever after. And there are still some secrets that remain. So I really liked that. Because that's very realistic. Yeah, very real, true to life. Mm Mm-hmm. Another motif was about being outcast and abandoned. All of the characters were outcasts in some way. Dan, as a returning vet, Mm -hmm. and Vietnam vets were treated very differently than vets of other wars. Mm -hmm. In many ways, they were abandoned by their country. And then the sisters, first as country bumpkins... (laughs) Um, being outcast in that way, and later for the work they were forced into. Hmm. They were shunned. No one wanted to be associated with the women that were in these situations. Mm -hmm. And then the character of Fong was an outcast and abandoned as a black Amerasian child. Amerasian children were called the dust of life and child of the enemy. Oh, gosh. And he was also literally abandoned by his parents and outcast because of his race. Mm -hmm. Being outcast created a lot of trauma for all of these characters, but it was written with hope Mm -hmm. and beauty. Mm. So it's not a depressing book. I think it's going to broaden your perspective on what you know about the Vietnam War and specifically the people affected. I know it did mine. And books that can expand your knowledge while telling a great story are such gifts. The Vietnam War Mm -hmm. for my childhood was always in the background. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. There were like nightly news reports when people used to watch the nightly news, and Mm -hmm. my parents and grandparents did, that would actually show how many casualties for that Mm. day and I vividly remember that and I also vividly remember what we did when the war ended so I think no matter what your experience with that war is whether you weren't born yet you've read about it or Mm -hmm. you were born um 
and experienced it in some way, I think it will, you will connect with it. Mm-hmm. I thought it had a lot of good history and a lot of good things to think about, mm-hmm. especially regarding how it affected all different kinds of people. Yeah, it sounds like she really picked a lot of different types of characters yeah. in different situations so you could find someone that you connected with. Them. Yeah. I thought the imagery in this book was great. And I remember her debut novel, The Mountain Sing, also had wonderful, beautiful imagery of the country of Vietnam. Mm. It makes you want to go there and Mm. experience. It just sounds so lush and the food. Mm -hmm. And it just, it was really lovely. It was really easy to immerse myself into that world. Um, I thought, I think historical fiction with when it has great representation of setting yes it just is it's a great book Mm -hmm. so both of these were really good so i highly recommend dust child by wen fan kui mai and also the mountain sing if you haven't read that they're both and they don't go together other than they're set okay in vietnam the mountain sing is more a of a family saga. Okay. Um, Is it set during the same time period? Uh, it, well, it's kind of more like an epic, okay. you know, it okay. spans some different mm-hmm. generations. So you don't have to read them in any order. I would okay. say just whatever you were more interested in, but they're yeah. both beautiful. They might be neat to read together. So uh-huh. you're really immersed in that right space. Yeah. Setting. Yeah. And I just got another book. Yeah. From the library, which I haven't started yet, which also has a Vietnam oh. uh, setting theme. It's called Wandering Souls. So okay. I haven't started it yet, but I'm excited to read about that as well. Yeah, we kind of think in stacks. Yeah, like we exactly. Present. Yeah, so that's really exactly. neat. I haven't read either, so okay. I'm going to look well, into that Give them a try. What book do you want to tie in? I want to share a very, very different book from either of those. Okay. <laughs> um, this is The Hawthorne Legacy by Jennifer Lynn Barnes. It came out in September of 2021, and it's the second in a three-book series. The first is The Inheritance Games. It came out in 2020. And the third is The Final Gambit. Here's the starting point. Avery Grams has inherited billions from a man named Tobias Hawthorne. A virtual stranger in the first book they explain that a bit more um, she doesn't know who he is all of a sudden she is a billionaire Wow okay. uh-huh. <clears throat> she knows that she is not related by blood to Tobias they've done a DNA test so why would she inherit billions over his children and his mm-hmm. grandchildren well everyone is wondering the same thing Grayson and Jameson are intrigued by Avery They are two of the grandsons, and they're pulling unexpecting Avery in kind of every direction in this charming love triangle. Um, You have like the, you know, the dangerous, dark boy, Uh and then you have the very kind of intelligent and seemingly sweet boy, and Avery is kind of pulled between both of them. But there are also family members that are not interested in forming relationship with Avery and will stop at nothing to get back even a small part of their Mm, inheritance that they feel that they deserve. Yes. 
Um, this book, I felt, was even more fast-paced and intriguing than the first in the series. You must, must read the first because it does introduce all of the characters, really helps establish what's going on in the main characters' minds. But after all of that... All that was done in the first novel, kind of setting that up. The second was able to bring just the pure adrenaline, mm. excitement, pacing. Um, this is an exciting and fun young adult read. Um, and each book brings its own greatness. I also read The Final Gambit. What I liked most about this sophomore book novel is that it built upon the first novel in a way that kept, like I said, the pace fast. But it also kept the characters changing and moving forward. It's one of those books that's familiar. The trope is familiar. And it takes you away from your current world into a world of mystery and intrigue. And a little bit of, well, actually a lot of rich people behaving badly. Mm -hmm. Which is always fun. It is fun. And you just have these people who have grown up being billionaires. Mm -hmm. Getting everything they want. Having planes. Living the life. And now, you know, the will is read in the first book, and they are pretty much just getting shunned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like you get this necklace from your mother. <laughs> right. That's what you get. Right. And you, you get my old car that mm-hmm. you really liked. <laughs> but this stranger, Avery, gets all the oh. houses, all the money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And sounds- no one knows who she is. But then what I really like that after reading the third one that kind of comes through all of them Mm -hmm. is that you do get to discover there was a reason, obviously, why Avery was chosen. And it's really satisfying. Nice. So I really loved reading all three. They're very quick reads, but they are just kind of that escape book. Yeah. That's just fun to read. Which is so needed at times. And does it kind of wrap it up with the third? Yep. Wraps it up with a nice bow. Okay. All done, and you have all of the answers that you needed. Well, since you said it's a great escape book, I'm going to tell you what I have in my hand right now, which is also a great escape book. Oh, good. It's The Hotel Nantucket by Ellen Hildebrand. Oh, Ellen Hildebrand. Came out in 2022. (laughs) Ellen Hildebrand has written 28 novels. And I read on her website that she plans to retire after her 2024 book and become a book influencer. I've read several of her novels, and I have enjoyed each Mm -hmm. and every one. So here's the starting point of this one. A British billionaire has purchased (laughs) and completely redone the historic hotel Nantucket, of course, on the island of Nantucket. He wants to impress a popular hotel influencer and reviewer who awards keys instead of stars. And she's never given five keys. And he impresses on this new staff that he covets this fifth key and that they must get it. Mm -hmm. The hotel is cheerfully haunted by Grace, a hotel chambermaid who was killed in a fire 100 years before. So that's kind of fun. It weaves in and out through the whole story. The narrative of this, of this book follows the stories of several of the hotel staff as they work their way through one summer trying to garner the coveted review and also as they work through various secrets and individual longings. The book includes a really large cast of characters, finding love, dealing with blackmail, 
reckoning with complicated past mistakes, trying to climb the social ladder. Mm -hmm. Some are reinventing themselves and just the right amount of drama. (laughs) It would make an excellent vacation read. And I found I could easily pick it up and put it down at will and would just fall right Mm -hmm. back into the wonderful world. It was easy breezy to go between the multiple viewpoints. This is just delightful escape fiction. It transports you to a beautiful island setting with its descriptions of food, drink, luxurious accommodations, and fashion. Mm -hmm. It screams summer. If you need something to cure a book hangover, get -hmm. you out of a slump, or a great read to take on a trip, I really recommend getting your hands on the Hotel Nantucket by Ellen Hildebrand or any of her other fun books. What a great author. Mm -hmm. Um, This sounds so good. I don't know what it is about Nantucket or the hotels. Mm -hmm. I always think about people that work in these Mm -hmm. very lavish hotels. The things they see, the things that go Mm -hmm. on behind the scenes. Yes, and this This has all of that. All of that. This might be my first summer read. Yes, it's very fun. Well, I just finished one of my guilty pleasure books. And if you follow us on Instagram, Mm -hmm. you'll have seen it already. And I was so excited in a nerdy way because J.D. Robb, the author of my book in hand, liked our post. I love it. I love that. (laughs) Um, But so I gave a little hint. Um, And it is definitely not a sophomore novel. Right. (laughs) Encore and Death by J.D. Robb came out in February of this year. And it is number 56. Wow. In the In Death series. Mm -hmm. 56. 56. Uh, And I have read them all. Nice. Um, And here's the starting point. Eliza Lane and Brant Fitzhugh are New York's celebrity couple. The couple. Eliza's the star of the stage while her husband Brant is the star of the screen. Before her husband goes off to record a movie far away and she begins the remake of a play that made her a star, they throw one of the year's biggest bashes. It's at this party that Brant falls to the floor, poisoned, and dies in Eliza's arms. Mm. Lieutenant Eve Dallas, our main character in all of the books, comes onto the scene with quite a mess. Hundreds of partygoers and staff all have to be questioned. The murderer needs to be stopped, and Dallas is the one to do it, along with her trusty sidekick, Peabody. They will need to figure out who the culprit is before they kill again. What I love most and has kept me reading this series is the amazing semi-futuristic world that J.D. Robb, i.e. Nora Roberts, has created. Um, It's like... It's feeling a little more close to home, but it's kind of funny because it doesn't progress quickly, mm, the time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like 2056, okay. 2060. Okay. When I first started reading them, it seemed very, very far away. Mm-hmm. But now, now it doesn't seem right. as far away. Um, and when I say futuristic, there are some things that are, you know, don't exist now technology-wise, but not so, it's not a sci-fi book okay. in any way. It's just kind of interesting. But I also just love the amazing characters she has placed within the stories. You have Rourke, rich, hunky, hunk, 
Ireland from Ireland who has a shadowy past. Who is in all of the books? In, in all of okay. the books. Mm-hmm. Um, starts just doesn't start being married to Dallas, but that's who Dallas ends up marrying. Okay. I'm not giving anything away. Right. But he ends up being in all of the stories. Dallas herself. Um, it, they are in love beyond belief. And of course, Rourke is a billionaire. Oh, good. And just that adds good. a little sparkle to it. Mm-hmm. Um, you have Peabody. Um, her sidekick mm-hmm. was her partner, but now she's moved up a little bit, but always with her and her boyfriend. And there are many friends that make this story personal and encompassing. You even have this grumpy um, butler, Somerset. Okay. That is the butler nice. at Rourke and Dallas's house that's in every story. And I just, I can't, I hate to say it, but I, I can't wait to read number 57. She needs to get it out right away. I know. She's actually very <laughs> fast with these. But that's The Encore and Death by J.D. Robb. And do you need to read these in order? Um, I don't think you need to. I It makes the characters more, um, you get very attached to the characters over mm-hmm. time. Okay. But you could read a standalone one. And you would still really enjoy it because the main part is about that initial, that, I'm sorry, that exact case. Okay. Right. But then it weaves a little bit of their lives in the middle of it. Okay. Yeah. That sounds great. Enjoy it. So glad you joined us today. If you'd like some other titles that go along with this theme, check out our show notes from today's episode. Please share this episode with a friend and check us out on Instagram at The Book Bumble. We'd love it if you would subscribe to our podcast. Join us next time with a new bundle of wonderful reads. Until next time.